Central Park Baptist Church. Good afternoon. How are we doing? We doing okay? Hey, man, if you're able to rise, we would love for you to sing, uh, to join us in singing our opening hymn, Hymn 599, Hymn 599, Constantly Abiding, Hymn 599, Constantly Abiding, Hymn 599, then we'll have an opening word of prayer. Hymn 599, Constantly Abiding. for the promise that you never will leave us, Father. Lord, as we gather here today, as your church, Father, we just pray that everything that's said and done here today will honor and glorify your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we pray if there's one here who doesn't know you, that they'll come to know you today, Father. Bless everything that's said and done, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen and amen. And as we continue in worship, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 623, hymn 623 in your hymnals. He's a wonderful Savior to me. Hymn 623. Stewart. Amen. 
It's a wonderful conference it's on the book of Daniel. I think there may still be some flyers on the, on the visitor or the uh, welcome uh, 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 desk out there. And if there is, pick it up. If not, we'll have more by Wednesday. Uh, there's wonderful information on there, what he's going to preach about, including the titles of uh, the messages he'll be preaching. So you can hold his feet to the fire and say, I thought you were supposed to preach this. And <laughs> I'm just teasing, but it'll be a good time, I promise, if you'll enjoy it. Ladies Bible study this Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning. You do not have to be a member of Central Park. You could be a visitor and still going to be a part of, the, of, of that class. Amen. Uh, there are other things on there. The chili, chili cook-off is coming. If you didn't sign up, please sign up for that if you want to be a part of that. Uh, the annual chick, chili uh, cook-off. Hasn't been annual lately, but we're trying to bring it back annually. Amen? <laughs> and so, uh, but we wanted to make sure that you knew about that and you'd sign up for that in advance. I believe that's all the announcements we have for right now. Pastor, you come. Please remember now the, the Bible conference, Brother uh, Stewart is... It's a, uh, it goes right along with our theme, Lion's Den Christianity. It, so it goes right along with that about being steadfast, unmovable. So, uh, and if you'd like to take notes, you better bring lots of paper and write fast, all right? <laughs> so, uh, but he, you'll, if, if you've never heard, I'm telling you, you'll enjoy him. He's very, uh, he's just a good teacher So good and good preacher. So please be here for that. Also, mark that down in March about the, uh, it's a preacher's fellowship that we have once a month, and we are hosting that on that Thursday. Uh, it starts at 9.30. There's a continental breakfast that starts at 8.30. There's three preachers, and then we have lunch uh, following. Uh, and we've already got the three preachers that are, that are going to preach here that morning. So if you'd like to come, you're more than welcome to do that. If you'll come, you can stick around and eat. I'm not sure what we're going to eat yet, but there's a staple that most happens at most all preacher's fellowships chicken amen uh, but i don't know if we're going to have that or not so uh, anyway but please you're more than welcome to come uh, and be a part of that as well all right well let's have a uh, a word of prayer for our offering and if you didn't have the opportunity to give today we trust that you will do so this afternoon dear father we thank you lord for the day thank you lord for your goodness to us lord and thank you for the souls that were saved uh, this morning those that made the profession of faith uh, lord i pray god that that's just uh, uh, a, a preview of what's going to take place this year, uh, God, here in this place. And, Lord, we continue to ask you, Father, for great and mighty things that we know not. Lord, I pray that we will uh, do our due diligence, Lord, and work and strive, Lord, for the blessings of God in this place. Lord, and pray that uh, part of that begins here, Lord, as we worship you, Lord, through our tithes and offerings. And uh, so bless this offering, Lord, and we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. Amen. If you're able to rise, 
I would love for you to join us in singing hymn 614. Hymn 614, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. Hymn 614. join us in singing hymn uh, 615, hymn 615. We can not only sing of the mercies of the Lord, we can sing the wondrous story. Amen? Is that, are you singing that? (laughs) That's a check. (laughs) I will sing the wondrous story, hymn 615. I will sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me, how he left his home in glory for the cross of Calvary. Uh, Yes, I see the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me, singing with the saints in glory, gathered by the crystal sea. I was lost, but Jesus found me, found the sheep that went astray. Through his loving arms around me, drew me back into his way. Uh, Yes, I see the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory, gathered by crystal sea. I was bruised, but Jesus healed me. Faint was I from many a fall. Sight was gone, and fears possessed me, but he freed me from them all. Uh, Yes, I'll see the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory gathered by the crystal sea. Days of darkness still come o'er me. Sorrow's path I often tread. But the Savior still is with me. By his hand I'm safely led. Uh, yes, I'll see the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me, singing with the saints in glory, gathered by the crystal sea. 
he will keep me till the river rolls his waters at my feet. Then he'll bear me safely over where the loved ones I shall meet. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory gathered by the crystal sea. Amen. And the title of the subject of that wondrous story will be that Jesus loves even me. Amen. Hymn 633, hymn 633. This will be our last hymn of uh, this particular afternoon worship. After we complete this hymn, I want you to please greet each other. Amen. Hymn 633, hymn 633, Jesus loves even me. I am so glad that our Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is the dearest that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Amen. Although I forget him and wander away, still he does love me wherever I stray. Back to his dear loving arms will I flee when I remember that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me, then me. Last verse. Oh, if there's only one song I can sing, when in his beauty I see the great king, this shall my song in eternity be. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Are you so glad that Jesus loves you? Amen. Use this time right now to love the fellow saints of God.
Good, amen. Brother Clark gives y'all a few more lessons. I think y'all have it. Amen. Exodus chapter 8. Exodus chapter 8. This is just part one. We've got two, uh, only two points to the message. Fifteen sub-points. But only two points, okay? Two main points. Uh, Exodus chapter 8, uh, beginning in verse 25. Found your place, amen. amen. All right, let me, now let me find it, okay? It says, And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. And Moses said, It's not meet uh, so to do, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, and will they not stone us? We will go three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God, and as he shall command us. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go that ye may sacrifice uh, to the Lord your God in the wilderness, only ye shall not go very far away. Entreat for me. Verse 29, And Moses said, Behold, I go out from thee. And I will entreat the Lord that the swarms of flies may depart from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people tomorrow. But let not Pharaoh deal deceitfully anymore in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. Father, I pray, God, that you'd help me, Lord, today. Uh, God, as we kind of do a little review on uh, what's going on here, Lord, as we before we move into this next uh, section of, of the book of Exodus, Lord, I pray that you'd bless us today. Help us really to listen and apply these things to our heart. And I give you a praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, before we go to the last plague, all right, <clears throat> which is the death angel, uh, before we do that, I think we need to go back and uh, look at some things uh, that's going on here that we kind of skipped over before. Uh, that, uh, about some compromises uh, from that Pharaoh offered. Now, Pharaoh offered four compromises uh, to Moses during the first nine plagues. The first two compromise offers came during the fourth plague, and that was the plague of the flies. The third compromise, and we'll look at that one, uh, the third and the fourth one next week, it was offered in an attempt uh, 
to ward off the eighth plague, which was the plague of locusts. And then the fourth compromise was offered to Moses during the ninth plague, which was the plague of darkness. And 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 you, you now and listen, the devil always offers compromise in his efforts to defile mankind. Always uh, there, and there's three reasons that Satan uh, always offers compromise, and three reasons he uses them. And I want to show you those. This is not. Uh, the message, but I think this is important on, on why he offers compromise. The first reason is in the appeal of compromise. Compromise appeals because it seems to offer you your desire quick. Okay? Uh, we live in a, 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 an instant gratification society. But listen, it's no different than what was going on back in the days of Moses. Listen, the people then are like now. Human nature never changes. They still wanted instant gratification. And so, so here's Satan. He offers this compromise uh, for, uh, you know, so that he can, the desire is quick. And, and by the way, it often provides a shortcut. If you have a goal in your life, compromise often provides a shortcut for your goal. Amen. I mean, you want to lose weight? Take this pill. Want to look buff like you, you know, like you've been lifting weight? Take this pill. You know, we're all, don't exercise. I like that part. Don't watch what you eat. I like that part. Take this pill. That's why the shot is so in, so uh, popular nowadays for the, the one my mom used, uh, that diabetes shot. They're, guess what? Hollywood and people are using it now to lose weight. Amen. Listen, people are always looking for a shortcut, but accepting, listen, but accepting the shortcut will always cost you some part of your goal. Let me say that again. Accepting a shortcut will always, not sometime, not part, listen, it will always cost you some part of your goal because the compromise will argue that it's better to have part of your desire now than not have any. Amen. That's what compromise does. But watch. But what it actually does, it gives you a, a part now instead of all of it later. Listen, if God's got something for you, get all of it. Don't, don't accept a compromise. And that's what the devil does. He'll say, listen, I'll give you a part of this now. Uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and listen, he's just trying to keep you from getting all of what God wants for you later. That's why compromise. The compromise cheats you. Compromise shortchanges you. And not only does it cheat you in the area of your physical life, but it will also cheat you in the area of your spiritual life and in your character. Listen, so let me say it again. Compromise appeals because it offers uh, you something quick right now. So there's the appeal of compromise. Now there's the acceptableness of compromise. Reason number two. And because, listen, compromise is the, it's the rule of our day. Let's try to find a compromise, you know. Let's, let's not let doctrine, as I talked about this one, let's not let doctrine, you know, uh, separate us. Let's find a compromise. And by the way, a com- compromise is oftentimes called a consensus. Yeah. Think about it. If you're, uh, if, you know, if you're willing to, uh, if you're unwilling to compromise, You'll be considered unreasonable, 
you'll be considered stubborn. You'll be considered inconsiderate if you're unwilling to compromise. Let me read this. Compromise may be acceptable in some situations, but it is never acceptable when right and wrong are involved. Let me say that again. It may be acceptable in some situations, but it is never acceptable when right and wrong are involved. And we can all say amen. So there's the acceptableness of it. And then a third reason why Satan uses compromise is because of an assault. Now, it's an assault on obedience. Compromise, let me say it again, assaults obedience. Disobedience is Satan's, that is his goal with man. Disobedience. Amen. Compromise with God's orders assaults obedience by what? Let me advocating partial obedience with with the, which is simple, just another form of disobedience. Amen. Compromise opposes complete obedience. It, it, it says that God is not Lord, but we, you know, but it, because we've we've offered this, it, and God says do it this way. And if we don't do it this way, it says that we're disobedient, and it's not allowing God to be Lord in our life and master of our life. So all this is just a, a subtle assault on obedience to God. And, and think about this. Not only does, uh, does it cause us disobedience, but it sanctions uh, ne- negotiation with God's orders and it's not, instead of a, making us submissive to them. Listen, God's not going to negotiate. He's not going to do that. Listen, and so when we, we, as we look at these, uh, these four things and these compromises that Pharaoh offered to Moses, we can see these things, uh, and it's Satan's plan. That's his goal. So the first thing I want you to notice is in verses 25 through verse 27, and it has to do with the place of worship. This is important. I want you to get this. We, we deal with this a lot. Uh, talking about the place of worship. Look in verse uh, 25. Let me go back over and, and let's read this. It says, And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God uh, in the land. And then he, and, and I'll not read, you go on and see, I want you to see this. This compromise defied submission to God's word, okay? The compromise, it may sound appeasing, but it is defiance that is disguised. Look back in chapter 5 of Exodus and look in verse 3. When you go back, chapter 5, and look in verse 3, I want you to see that, that God orders Israel how that he wants them in the place where he wants them to go. He tells them that they should go three days' journey into the wilderness. That's what God said. He said, you go three days' journey into the wilderness to worship me. Now, God made it plain where his people were supposed to worship. Amen. That's pretty plain. Uh, Yet Pharaoh, he compromised, throws his compromise out, and it's a direct attack upon God's orders about the place. Amen. Pharaoh is opposed to doing what God has said. He he does it through all uh, all ten of the plagues. He's opposed to doing what God has commanded him to do. So Pharaoh would allow Israel to worship, but will not allow them to go three days' journey into the wilderness to do it. I cannot begin to count the number of times I have had people tell me, Preacher, well, you don't have to go to church to worship. 
Now, we're talking about the place. Well, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I was reading over my notes today, and I, I, the Lord kind of let, let me think about this. 1 Corinthians let me go, chapter uh, 16, and look in verse 2. Found your place, amen. I, I, want, I want everybody to see this. Talking about the place. Now, listen, folks, listen, this building is not the church. This location is not the church. Listen, it's the people. But it's the same, it's the same principle that we're seeing in the, here for the children of Israel. The, the worship wasn't the play. Of what, listen, wasn't the place, but it's where God told them to go worship. God has a designated place, and he tells his people, you go there for one purpose. What was the purpose? To worship. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2, it says, upon the first day of the week, let, uh, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there may, may be no gatherings when I come. Now, th- this is important. We're getting to the place. Now, the, the, the thing that we need to understand first is the period or, or the time. Sunday is the time. Amen? Uh, God, it, this is a pretty convincing um, verse of Scripture that that tells us that the church met on Sunday. Amen. That, I mean, it's on the first day of the week. Well, let me ask, what's the first day of the week? Sunday. That's not the weekend. Friday and Saturday may be, but Sunday's not. Sunday's the first day of the week. So God says, listen, you come on the first day of the week. This is worship. And, and by the way, worship included regular systematic giving. Amen. You see it right here. It's the first day of the week. Giving is a mandated part of worship. Amen. So now look at the next thing. I want you to see not only the period, but the the participants in it. It said, upon the first day of uh, of the week, let... Oh, man. Everyone. Well, I guess in the Greek that means, I don't know, everyone. Oh, the preacher, I have, you know, I just can't afford it. Wait a minute. Let's let let's let God be God, Amen. Let's let, let let's let God be the authority here. And He said on the first day of the week, let. Huh. But God, you don't know what I. Wait a minute. Doesn't God know everything? So I guess He tells us on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, to let everybody, everyone, no Christian is excused. None. In fact, if you, you don't have to turn there, but if you turn to Mark chapter 12, verse 41 through 44, you find the, the story about the poor widow. You remember what she cast in? The Bible said all she had. All she had. She gave out of her deep poverty all she had. Now, if she gave out of her deep poverty, then we have no excuse. Amen? None whatsoever. And we're seeing it. That listen, and so we're seeing that every one of you, the Bible says, that we're supposed to give. But now here it is. But notice the place. It says, "Let uh, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store." Well, I've heard people say, "Well, you believe in storehouse giving?" Well, I guess so. You know, I mean, God said that that we're to to give to the storehouse. Well, this is the storehouse, amen. I mean, it, it, it is, is it not? This is the place where, the, where God, where the church meets. On the first day of the week, this is where we meet. This is a designated place. 
Are y'all still here? Say amen. Y'all are awful quiet. This is a designated place where God has called us to meet. And listen, and just like God has a designated place for the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 5 to go three days journey. He said, go three days journey. And when you get out there, you worship. Well, we, some of us go 30 minutes, some of us go 40 minutes, some of us go 15 minutes. But we go, listen, I'm telling you, we come out of the wilderness of Egypt. We come into this place, and we come for one purpose, and that is to worship. Yeah. Well, preacher, you know, let me get back. I don't want to, I don't want to get hung up. If you want to be obedient, then this is the place. Okay. If you don't want to be obedient, then it's not the place. Then you can worship anywhere else. But listen, Pharaoh offers, uh, he offers what I've wrote out, partial obedience. Well, we already know that partial obedience is unacceptable to God. It will not bring, listen, it, it will not bring the fullness of blessing that you need if you're disobedient with God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want a partial blessing. I want the whole blessing. Amen. So if we want to worship the way God wants to worship, we got to go where God tells us to go, and we got to do it the way God tells us to do it. Amen. Now to worship in the land of Egypt. Now, and we—it's even in here. You'll read it. Uh, it. It would not. They would not be able to separate from the Egyptians when they worshipped. Okay. Uh, I think this is a problem nowadays. There's no, there's no separa- uh, separation in worship. See, God says you get out of Egypt. You go far enough out where there's no influence in you and the way you worship, you go three days. You know why God said that? Because he did not want the Egyptians to to try to influence their worship. Well, listen, we have a lot of places that worship today, we want to drag the world in with us. No, wait a minute. We got to go three days. And we got to separate ourselves. Let, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, if you worship, and I've had people say, well, preacher, you don't have to go to church to worship. You can, you can worship out at the lake. You can worship here. And that is that you can. Yeah, you can. But, but watch, one compromise leads to another. And if Israel would have, would have not left Egypt, it would have defiled them. And understand that if Israel were to worship in Egypt, uh, they would be compromising even more to avoid the mockery and the ridicule and the danger that would have come from worshiping in Egypt. In fact, if they would have worshipped in Egypt, they would have been stoned as a result. So the question is, if you worship out at the lake, on the golf course, at the football game with your sign that says John 316, um, Are you going to worship there like you worship here? Absolutely not. Uh, Will your worship experience be the same there as it is here? Absolutely not. Will you experience the power and the presence of God there as you would here? Absolutely not. Why? Because we haven't separated ourselves. That's why God teaches us in his word that there is a place that we are to come apart. Compromise promotes defilement, and God said in 2 Corinthians 6, 17, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. 
But separation today is not very popular. When, it, I mean, you, all you have to do is go to some different places, and I'm telling you, I don't know if I'm in church or at a rock concert. I don't know if I'm worshiping or if I'm, I can't, listen, that's why God says, go three days. He's trying to get them to separate from me. Notice the danger. Look in verse 26, and I've already mentioned this. There's a physical danger for Israel if they worship in Egypt. And we mentioned this a few weeks ago as well. But if Israel were to worship in the land of Egypt, you remember uh, that Israel, they used animal sacrifices, which animals were held as sacred by the Egyptians. And the penalty, and it's, uh, you read down through there in Exodus chapter 8, the penalty for killing a sacred animal in Egypt was death by stoning. So God knew this. So God said, listen, in order not to defile yourself, in order to not to have to be persecuted by the Egyptians, you go three days out into the desert to worship. I guess God knows what he's doing. Amen. It, listen, true worship always provokes animosity from somewhere. Always. It is an indictment. True worship is an indictment on the world. Listen, and it's often unacceptable by the world. They, they look at us and they think, man, that is boring. When I stood up here and, and listened to you sing both this morning and this afternoon, listen, I want you to understand, listening to God's people sing the hymns uh, out of our hymnals, that is anything but boring. It is a blessing and an encouragement to my heart. Listen, it's different. That's why God wants us to separate. Uh, yet the world looks at it as unacceptable. And we saw this. Listen, we saw this talking about true worship during COVID. But, I mean, we caught all kinds of havoc. A lot of churches, they tried to shut us down. Amen. But woe to those and to the, to the country that's hostile against true worship. Amen. We're going to show, look in verse 37, we see the defeat of the compromise. Uh, maybe I meant verse 27. Yeah, 27. Yeah. Uh, it says, we will go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he shall command us. I like Moses. Moses, is, he, I mean, he's just really standing in there. Amen. I mean, he was firm in his answer, and he stands against Pharaoh and against Pharaoh's compromise. He said, listen, Pharaoh, uh, in verse 1, we will go three days' journey into the wilderness. Isn't That's exactly what God told them to do. God says, Moses, you take the children of Israel, and you go three days. Moses, oh, wait a minute. You know, wait a minute, don't do that. But Moses stands up, and he says, no, we will go three days' journey into the wilderness. He's doing exactly what God told him to do. He showed no weakness, and he stood firm in his statement. Now, think about this. There is only one way to answer compromise. There is only one way to answer wrongdoing, and the answer is no. Amen. It's not, listen, it, when, it, when it has to do with right and wrong, God help us if it's wrong just to say no. We're not going to do that. It's not about me. It's not about uh, personality. The issue is right and wrong. Amen. Uh, the issue is God's will. And our answer to evil or wrongdoing must not be wishy-washy. 
Amen? It can't be, it's got to be straightforward. If our answer is not firm, then listen, we give evil and wrongdoing an opportunity to gain ground in what we're trying to accomplish. Amen? Listen, if you don't slam the door, then you might not get it shut. You ever been to visiting somebody and, and they try to shut the door in your face, you know, and you'll... And you stick your foot in there where you can't get, man, I'm, now you may not do it so much nowadays, but you used to be able to do that. You know, you just kind of stick your foot in there and go. Well, listen, when wrong and evil tries to, tries to get in, listen, you better slam the door. And if they try to stick their foot in there, listen, you better do something to get their foot out. Amen. Because if you give wrongdoing a, an inch, Satan will always take everything. You see, think about this. Uh, the final authority is not us. Moses said, as he shall command us. The final authority for Moses was God. It's what God had told him. And, and I really think this, that churches today need to get back to allowing God's word to be the final authority. We, we, we're allowed, and, and I don't want to, I'll get hung up if I'm not careful. Uh, final authority rests in the Word of God. It's not in a denomination. It's not the head of a denomination. It's not, it's not somebody setting up in their ivory palace somewhere. Listen, no, the, the final authority is the Word of Almighty God, period. And I believe we have allowed the world to dictate too much of our way already. Amen. We've allowed our own thinking to do it. We've allowed our philosophies to get in the way. We've allowed our ideas uh, to mold our thinking. Listen, when it comes to right and wrong in the way we do things for the cause of Christ, this has to be our final authority. This must be it. If, there, if, we're, if this is not our final authority, we're in trouble because we are allowing compromise. And you cannot allow compromise when it comes to the things of God. And all we can say is, amen. So Moses, he gets up there and he says, nope. He says, we're not going to do it. Uh, we're not going to compromise. And, 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 but notice in verse 28, verse 29, we've talked about the place. Moses says, we're going. Verse 28, verse 29, let me read it. It says, and Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away and treat, entreat for me. And Moses said, behold, I'll go out from thee. And I will entreat the Lord that the swarms of flies may depart from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. Tomorrow, well, let not Pharaoh deal deceitfully anymore in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. And, and I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But when Moses refused the first compromise offer uh, and argued about Israel's safety, Pharaoh's, you remember Pharaoh said, I'll, I'll let you go, but don't go very far. This, this compromise is just like the first one. In, in, in other words, it tried to compromise on the place. Uh, and, and folks, we've given too much ground about the place of our worship already. There's something special about the house of Almighty God when the church meets. It's, there's something special about how God wants us to meet with us here in this place. But notice the substance of the proposal. Pharaoh tells Moses uh, not to go very far. In other words, it's saying, you know, you can go worship, but don't be a fanatic about it. You know, don't be such a, let me, uh, such a fanatic about this worship thing. You don't have to be so passionate about these spiritual matters. 
You don't have to be so excited and enthused about worship. You don't have to read your Bible and pray so much. You don't have to go to all the church services. And But, you, you know, amen. In other words, don't be such a, a fanatic about it. You, you can worship, but don't go very far. Well, listen, these same people who are worried and concerned about overdoing it in spiritual matters, they're not too concerned about overdoing it when it comes to the the temporal and the material things. If a boy gets up at 4 a.m. to do a paper route or something, man, he is a go-getter. But if you get up at 4 a.m. to read your Bible or to get along with God, then you're a fanatic. Don't go very far, amen. Uh, uh, if the church required that same boy to do the same thing about, uh, about you know, maybe it's a church thing or something in their class or something for adults, then, then you're being too radical or too demanding. If a person spends extra time working and, you know, picking up some overtime, you know, he's praised as somebody who's smart, somebody who's trying to get ahead. But if he spends extra time going to a church revival or, or, you know, a, a Bible conference or an all-night prayer meeting, then you know what's happened? You've turned into a religious fanatic. Yeah. Uh, listen, Satan's philosophy is for you to not go very far. Yeah. When it comes to spiritual matters, it's okay to read you a little bit. But don't read it until the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Yeah, don't be a fanatic. This and the substance of the proposal. Look in verse 28. There's also selfishness here. Pharaoh says, entreat for me. See, selfishness is the kinfolk of compromise. Let me say that again. Selfishness is the kinfolk of compromise. Pharaoh's compromises were all self-serving. Look in verse 29. It says, and Moses said, behold, uh, or Pharaoh said, you know, entreat for me. Uh, do it for me. But Moses, I like what he said. He said, Behold, I'll go out from thee, and I will entreat the Lord that the swarms of flies may depart from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people tomorrow. Moses was there. He was entreating for everybody. You know, when in our prayers, we should do the same. Uh, if we're not careful, we may entreat for somebody, you know. It, we may be, but, you know, it may be a selfish reason, but we can't do that. We need to pray in such a way that it helps people, and it, it's an encouragement, but it also, oh, it's something that God might have his will in all things. And, 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 but here, Pharaoh's compromises are selfish. They're aimed at stopping the plague, not just, I mean, just for him. He, he's not concerned about Israel's worship only about the plague. And I really personally think that Pharaoh knew that if Israel uh, were to, to worship close and not go very far and, and all those things, I really think that Pharaoh, he knew the law. He knew the Egyptian law. And I think if the, if the Egyptians or if Israel would have worshiped there in the site somewhere within eyeshot of, of, of the Egyptians, that it would have, by law, it would have given the Egyptians an opportunity by law to stone them. And I think Pharaoh knew that. And I think he's looking for a, a lawful way to keep him off the hook to, to where they could have destroyed some of the Israelites right there, made an example out of them in front of the rest of the people. But 
Moses again, he didn't, he didn't compromise. All the devil's compromises are, are just like this. They, they're, he, it's all about him, never about us. And listen, it, 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 Satan's compromises when he offers them to you, I promise you he does not have your best interest at heart. He's going to use it against you to try to destroy you. Uh, he'll try to destroy your relationship with God. They're only disguises to promote him. And his programs. Compromise never helps God's work move forward, ever. But it always helps Satan's work to move forward. Look at the last thing. The scorning of the proposal. Moses gives an indirect and a justifiable, scornful answer. And, you know, I think Moses got tired of Pharaoh because he knew that he wasn't going to do it. And Moses says, let not Pharaoh deal deceitfully anymore in letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. Moses did not comply with Pharaoh. He did not, but he still stopped the plague. Listen, this shows us that by Pharaoh's conduct that he's deceitful just like Satan, and Moses saw right through the compromise of Pharaoh. Listen, it's only those that are spiritually discern, are spiritually matured that can discern uh, when Pharaoh or when uh, uh, Satan's trying to get you to compromise in some of the things of God. Listen, it's only if we stay in the Word of God where we're able to know that when Satan's trying to trick us. you you got to stay close to the Word of God. you got to stay prayed up. Why? Because I'm telling you, Satan don't quit. He'll come tomorrow and he'll offer a compromise about something in your life, maybe something that you're struggling with, and he'll, say, he'll tell you, well, wait a minute, don't go very far. It's okay to, to do this, but don't be a fanatic about it. It's okay to do this, but don't go get, it, get all the way in. No, wait a minute. God says get all the way in. Don't listen to Satan. He'll, he'll rob you of the blessings of Almighty God if you listen to him. God will bless you if you allow him to help you. But you can't compromise. You know, too many times we... Uh, we I, I was telling somebody the other day, I really wonder how far away our worship is from what God expects. I think we're doing okay. I think we're trying to do our best to stay true to the, to the way God would have us worship. But I wonder how close it is to really to the way God wants us to worship. Uh, and, and folks, this, it all starts if we're not careful in 2024. If we're not careful, it'll not be like this by the end of this year. Uh, every week, Satan will try to seep in, and he'll try to sneak in, and he'll do it. Listen, he always does it through an avenue where we least expect it. Moses was going to just simply do what God had told him, and that's what he did. And when it comes to the things of God, to the cause of Christ, listen, we have to be steadfast, unmovable. How are we going to stay like this if the Lord don't come back? How are, we going to, how are we going to continue by being steadfast and unmovable? And if we'll do that, listen, God will always, he'll always honor his word. The Bible says his word shall not return void wherein it is sent. So we just simply need to stay with the book. Never compromise. If there's something in your life where the old devil's trying to get you to compromise, be careful. He'll use it against you. He will always take something that you think will be all right. It's not a shortcut. He'll cut your throat with it if you allow him to do that. So stay close to God. Father, help us, Lord. Speak to our hearts. And I pray, God, that, uh, Lord, I really don't know how to 
give an invitation, but Lord, it's, uh, if people need to come, I pray God that they'll take the opportunity to do so. Lord, help us not to compromise. God, help us. We can be steadfast, unmovable. Help us do it, Lord, with a, a, a right spirit. We don't have to be militant about it or any of those things, God, but we can still stay true to the Word of God. Help us to do that, Lord. In 2024, I pray, God, that every individual in this congregation, Lord, will stay close to you, Lord. And, God, we will not allow Satan to move us uh, one, one inch, God, away from you. God, please help us. Strengthen us, Lord. Give this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand and while Brother Shelton just sings our verse, Lord.